The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Today we begin a sermon by Elder John Morgan Owens, taken from Isaiah 43, entitled, No Other Savior. Brother John Morgan gives us the context of this passage by going to the end of Isaiah 42, where we see that Israel is right in the midst of sin. And yet, in Isaiah 43, we begin to read how God is merciful to them. We're told that God has redeemed them. And later on in this chapter, we'll see that there is no other Savior. Join us today for the first half of this sermon entitled, No Other Savior. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. How sweet
So I walked in this afternoon to, to the church building and uh, immediately my mind was completely changed on what I was thinking about preaching on. Uh, so that's why I disappeared for a little bit. I had to, had to have some uh, time with the Lord. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43. Um, this was where I trust that the Lord settled my mind after he completely disrupted my train of thought. <laughs> uh, so, um, so certainly be in prayer for me. It wouldn't have mattered if I'd studied for a year on one passage. The Lord still has to bless. So. Here in Isaiah uh, 43, um, what, what's happening, <laughs> I think it's important for us to look at what is immediately, um, what immediately comes before this chapter. All right, so you got from verse 17 of the, of the previous chapter, Isaiah 42, all the way down to the end of that chapter, you've got a, a, very, a lot of um, suffering. <laughs> uh, suffering as a result of our sin, of Israel's sin. It says, They shall be turned back, they shall be greatly ashamed that trust in graven images, that say to the molten images, Ye are our gods. Uh, Hear ye deaf, and look, ye blind, that ye may see. Seeing many things, verse 20, but thou observest not, opening the ears, but he heareth not. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness' sake. He will magnify the law and make it honorable. But this is a people robbed and spoiled. They are all of them snared in holes, and they are hid in prison houses. They are for a prey, and none delivereth. For a spoil, and none saith, Restore. This is very sad. He says, who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Now, remember this. We're we're reading Old Testament uh, scripture. This is primarily addressed to Israel, the nation. But we know now, (laughs) we get to see a little better image of, of what the Lord was doing this whole time, is that this is a... This is an example, a type to us of spiritual Israel, okay? All of this is really about his people throughout all all different types of people, right? And so think about how this applies to you. Are you not God's people? Are we not God's people? Who gave us to spoil? Who gave us over to the robbers? Who gave us to the prison houses? We did that to ourselves. Therefore, he hath poured upon him the fury of his anger and the strength of battle, and it that set him on fire round about, yet he knew not, and it burned him, yet he laid it not to heart. Man, this is, this is an example of the Lord chastening, but the person who's being chastened is not learning his lesson. So, Very depressing end of that chapter, but look at this. Isaiah 43, but, I love that. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. You see, sometimes we lose the context of what's going on because we just begin at the chapter beginning. What's going on there? (laughs) 
is you're in the middle of the sin of Israel, in the middle of the sin of God's people. And there's chastening and we're not learning our lessons. And then here comes God, the great interrupter again, and he interrupts by redeeming us. It, despite our sin, despite my brokenness, despite the fact that, that even as a, as a born-again child of God that has a heart of flesh that can be sensitive to my sin, that can, that can walk with Him in fellowship, even in that state, I still struggle. I still, I still backslide. I still sin. And I take great comfort in the fact that, that but now... Thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. See, this address is, is that we should not be afraid because he has redeemed us. And of course, later, as we kind of read through this passage, you'll, you'll see that one of the other themes of this passage is that he alone is the redeemer. There's no redeemer beside him. You know, if you had hope in your own self to be your redeemer, then I would have much reason to be afraid. But he says, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. Your God, the God that made you, that saw you before the, this world was formed, that saw you and loved you, that kept you as the apple of his eye even before your mother and father were ever around. He saw you. Amen. And he chose you. Amen. That's the person who redeemed you. He says, I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. Now, I don't know why. I don't know why he would want me to be his. <laughs> okay? I don't know why he would be so jealous over us and have such a, a, a possessory love. We're not just a people. We're not just sheep. We're His sheep. Amen. We're His people. Amen. He calls us mine. <laughs> right? He calls us by our name. I think about um, in John 5.25 where, where it says that that the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. We're talking about the, the effectual calling where he comes to you, a dead person, and he calls you from death to life in, in the new birth. And I love that the, the fact that we see there a little image, a little glimpse into what is the new birth, what's happening in the new birth. It's not somebody helping the Lord out and preaching the gospel. It is God himself coming to you and calling you out, calling you by name, if you will, from death to life. We see sort of a physical example of that in Lazarus. When Jesus goes himself to the grave of Lazarus, and Lazarus who is dead, and he says, Lazarus, come forth. It is a command from his Redeemer, from his Savior, from his Maker, Lazarus, by his own name, come forth. He calls him from death to life. Amen. Now, I think I heard somebody say this. Brother Chris has probably mentioned it before. <laughs> that, you know, he says, Lazarus, come forth. If he had just said, come forth, and all of the dead and all of the graves would have come forth. That's the power of your God. Amen. 
But in, in, in very similar way, okay, when he comes to you in the new birth, it is an intimate thing, okay? He's not just up there in heaven and he's got this button represents this many thousand people and he presses the button and they're all, and they're all born again. He comes to you, <laughs> whether you're a baby in the womb, whether you're uh, at, on your deathbed, whether you're somewhere in between, he comes to you. He, he sings over you. We, we, we read that, and I think it's in Zephaniah. He, he joys over us in singing. He comes to you and He speaks your name, calls you from death to life. And He says, fear not. So we see in Scripture that that is a, a common phrase, <laughs> fear not. When angels show up, they say, fear not. When the Lord shows up, oftentimes... Uh, he'll say, fear not. You know, that is one of the things that I think we do the best as sheep. We, we can succeed in being afraid. We can find something to be afraid over. You know, we, we live in a world where, you know, we used to be able to just uh, concentrate on our own problems, right? But now we live in a world where uh, you're, you're constantly thinking about what's going on throughout the entire country, what's going on throughout the entire world because we've got the news, we've got everything on your phone. Look, you, you, could, you might be sitting down about to do your Bible study and then you get a news alert that, you know, Joe Biden did this or, or you know, Russia airstrikes or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're cast about it back into a world of fear. Right. And man, when, when we were going through the pandemic, every day it was and more people are, are dying, and more this, and more that, and it was just constant fear. Right. I, I, I was tired of it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was tired of, of being manipulated, of, of my, my fear being manipulated. Right. Now, we fear. <laughs> you know, we are compared to sheep. We're not compared to uh, bears or lions, right. you know. We're, we're compared to little sheep, little uh Practically mindless organisms, right? That are <laughs> that that have to be treated just so. You know, he leads us by still waters. You don't, you can't feed, uh, you can't give sheep water in a flowing stream because the sound of the water scares them. You got to be really gentle with them, and that's us. Yeah. We we can be afraid. He says, "Fear not, for he has redeemed us." Verse two: When thou passest through the waters. I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Is there waters and fires that we walk through in this life? Absolutely. Jesus said, in this world, it's going to be great. No, he said, in this world ye shall have tribulation. That's one of the things I love about uh, the gospel message, okay? The gospel message isn't some fantasy. It's not some everything's going to be better than, than, than everything else. What it's telling you is the truth. <laughs> it's telling you that it is going to be tough. All right? None of us, just because you're a child of God, just because you're a member of a church, does not mean that you're immune from suffering. As a matter of fact, uh, we may even be more so subject to suffering, okay? 
It didn't say we're not going to experience the waters of life that, that try to overflow us and the river crossings. It didn't say we're not going to experience fires. He just said they will not overwhelm you. Okay, They will not overflow you and the fire will not kindle upon you. Think about uh, Israel. Okay, Israel, they leave Egypt. They're going out into, in, into the, to go to the promised land. They've been delivered from the, the, all these mighty things, and then they come up on the Red Sea, and it, it's blocking them. And I would imagine that a sea being in your way is a pretty big obstacle, right? And yet, Egypt, this great nation, was also a pretty big obstacle, and the Lord delivered them from that. So much so that not only did, did they get cast out of Egypt, they were given money and, and jewels, they left, they left out like they were kings because Egypt wanted them gone. But yet they come up here on the Red Sea, and what do we do as, as sheep? We fear. And we begin to be afraid again, and we say, why have you done this, Lord? Why have you done these great things in the past just to lead us here? And the Lord made a way through the sea. He divided the sea. What what happens when your faith, when your walk of faith and your, 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 um, your path to obey God leads you into the fire? What about that? You know, think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their, their path of faith and obedience to God, you would, you would hope, and this light gospel that's taught today would, would say, well, your belief in God will lead you away from that. It will lead you away from the trials and, and sufferings. And the reason you're having trials and sufferings is because your faith is not good enough. And that is just not the case, okay? As a matter of fact, if your faith is strong, you will find yourself going into the furnace. The Lord didn't promise that he would deliver us uh, from the furnace, <laughs> from ever going into the furnace, but he did say this, the fire shall not kindle upon thee, okay? And so they went into the furnace in faith, and the Lord delivered them. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. You know what's so special <laughs> is that as, as, the, as the people of God, sometimes we have this, this mentality <laughs> Of, of looking at the world as if we are so outnumbered and we're so feeble and we're so broken. But you know what? You know what's important to the Lord? It, it's not all of these things in the world. I mean, yes, He has His eyes everywhere. It's not what's going on in the nation's capital, although He's there and He's watching. What matters is what's going on in your home and in your life. You realize that God gave this world. He gave Egypt. He gave these great and glorious things of man for your ransom. He, he, tra he put those things in the trash pile just so that he could be with you. Just to be with you and to walk with you. Verse 4, Since thou was precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. You see, his love for you is something special to him. 
It's not just something special to us. It means something to him. You are precious to him. And he says, so much so that I will give, I will trade life for it. Now, you know, in, in, in all of Scripture, the Lord doesn't teach, does not condone uh, human sacrifice, does not condone uh, trading of lives. He does not condone that. Yet his love for you, and he was, he was showing this the whole time in, in the sacrifices of the lambs, that there would be a lamb. The only lamb whose blood was sufficient to cover any sins was Jesus Christ, right. his own self, the, the person of the Trinity, the Son, that he would come and die for you. He would trade his life for yours. Fear not, for I am with thee. <laughs> now that's, that's the most encouraging thing to me. When I'm thinking about the trials that I'm going through in life, the trials that I will go through in life, and, and the same for you. Whether you're just recovering from a trial, or you're in one, or you're about to go in one, here's, here's the comfort for you, okay? I, I cannot make any promises because those promises don't exist in Scripture that you will not experience suffering. I wish I could, but you're going to experience suffering. Here's what I can promise you on the authority of the Word of God, is that He will be there with you. Amen. He will be there with you in your suffering. Okay? Now, whether, whether the Lord has led you into that furnace through faith, or whether you're in that furnace out of your own sin because of your own mistakes, maybe you're in that furnace and that suffering because of, uh, because of Satan, and his wiles against you. Maybe you're in suffering just because we live in a broken and sin-cursed world. But regardless, he will be with you. Amen. Mm. I think about the, the disciples, Jesus' disciples. They're on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And, and they're, they're going across there. And then the storm comes up. And they are losing their minds. They're in fear. <laughs> They're afraid. And, and Jesus, the, the Lord of glory, the God who spoke this world into being, the God who was there in the boat with them is asleep. Now, surely if they had, if they had good enough faith, <laughs> they could say, he is God. He, he's, he's, he's asleep, sure. But he still knows what's going on because he's God. And God's not going to perish in this, in this uh, flood, in this storm. We're going to be okay. But no. <laughs> what did they do? They do the same thing that I do, that we all do. When we, the, the second that we begin to feel that God is not actively watching everything we do, and we feel like he's sleeping, we panic. We, we go into fear mode. And so they begin to call out to him, and they say, Don't you care that we perish? Man. If they only knew, if they only knew what kind of love he has for them, don't you care? Don't you care that we perish? And he says, fear not to them. He was with them the whole time. Now, we, we're jealous of them. We're saying, how could they go through that and have Jesus Christ in the flesh with them and still be afraid? It's the same thing for us, okay? Maybe he's not in the flesh with us, 
but Jesus Christ is with you. Not only that, but He is within you because of the Spirit that He's given you. And yet, when the, when the storms come upon us, what do we do? We fear. But yet, He is with us. We need to remember that, that He is there, that your Savior is there. Due to the constraints of time, we will stop the message here. But please join us tomorrow for the conclusion of this message. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J. C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.